0: Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Make It Strange podcast. You are here with Derek and Johnny. Today we are talking about extinction. That's right. An extinction level event is going to be happening on today's episode of Mega Strange. Everything you've ever known, every body you've ever seen, every animal you've ever laid your eyes upon might be wiped out by the end of today's episode. So thank you for joining us. This is going to be an eventful show. Johnny. Yes. Yes. Why were you late today? Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just fucking with you. Johnny went to Disneyland yesterday uh, doing some research there. Yeah. You know, they have uh, they, cryptids available yeah, yeah. Uh, and extinct animals at Disneyland.
1: Yeah, you got the uh, large humongous kiss. Uh, you got the Mr. and Mrs. Um, with the finger pointing. Uh, I saw a shirt that said uh, that it was like the Beauty and the Beast logo, and it said Mrs. Mrs. Beast and Mr. Beast <laughs> or no Mrs. Beauty and Mr. Beast oh nice and I was like I, I wonder if they know about Mr. Beast
0: yeah Mr. Beast was there yeah it was him uh yeah so uh today's episode I don't know if you remember this but you actually suggested today's episode way back yes. when we-, we compile a list of episodes uh at the beginning of every quarter so maybe about three months ago you threw this on the list what compelled you to pick extinct animals
1: I wish I could remember. I think I watched some type of YouTube video like uh, that slightly kind of drew upon this topic, and I thought it would be interesting to kind of dive deep. And I also realized how strange a lot of these early creatures are and how little, not, I wouldn't say how little we know, how little I know about them. Yeah. And so I thought it would be fun to kind of, uh, th- this. I don't know what happened with you, but this research for me felt the most like going back to school and like uncovering, Stuff for an essay. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I Good on you for picking this. This was yeah. a very academic subject for us to be covering. It's kind of outside of our normal wheelhouse. I found uh, in the course of my research that... I don't know. Yeah, I learned a lot of things that I wasn't quite aware of. Um, Researching extinction made me very depressed.
1: Mm. And
0: there were things that I debated whether I should share them on today's episode or not. Yeah. Uh, And I was like, do I want to depress our audience or do I want to entertain our audience? Thankfully for everybody at home, I selected to entertain you today. So we're not going to be talking about all the scary things happening. Nope. With our uh, current state of extinction on this planet. Instead, we're going to be looking back hundreds of thousands of years at some of the most unbelievable animals that actually walked on the face of this planet. And to tie it all back into Mega Strange, over the course of my my research, I actually found some of the most scientific-based evidence for the existence of Bigfoot, Oh yeah, I saw some of that. I found out uh basically what kicked off the entire Bigfoot monster hunting craze here in America and it actually is rooted in paleontology and the study of extinct animals. So we'll be covering all of that today. Some of the craziest animals that ever walked on the planet including the thing that might actually be Bigfoot. And is this thing extinct? or not. That is what scientists are debating. Okay. It's going to be a crazy episode. It's going to be an informative episode, an educational episode. We thank you all for joining us on today's Mega Strange. (laughs) Okay. uh, Let's get into our conversation about extinct animals. And I would like to start, if you don't mind... Let me ask you, mind. when you think of uh, extinct animal, what is the first thing that comes to your
1: mind? The first thing that comes to my mind is d- nothing, actually. Uh, maybe like... Wow, it draws a blank. Yeah, extinct animals. The engine
0: isn't really fired up yet this morning. It's still a little rusty. Yeah. I'm just giving you shit. Don't yeah,
1: worry. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> um.
0: Well, let me tell you. Yeah. For most people... The answer would be the dodo bird. Okay. Yeah, I see that. The dodo bird, which is famously, uh, you know, I'm going to say it, the most extinct animal on the planet. Okay. Uh, uh, The dodo bird has become iconic as a symbol for things that have gone extinct and or are just otherwise archaic. But how much do we really know about the dodo bird? Well, check it out. Let me give you a full rundown on the dodo bird and what went wrong with this fucking bird. Did you know that the dodo bird was um, only located on one island in the entire planet? Is it the Galapagos? No, oh. actually. Uh, good guess, though. That's where Darwin went to study uh, you know, his evolution
1: the, and develop his theories. The, the gears in my brain, like... They broke free and they started turning again. Nice.
0: No, the Dodo Bird was located on the island of Maritais, which is located in the Indian Ocean just east of Madagascar. So for all you uh, DreamWorks Animation fans out there, um, shouts out to the Madagascar series.
1: Didn't DreamWorks smile?
0: Uh, The Dodo Bird was first mentioned by Dutch sailors in the year 1598. So relatively recently, you know, okay. about 400 years ago is when we first discovered the dodo bird. Um, but the last widely accepted sighting of the dodo bird was not that long after that point in the year 1662. Do we mark the dodo bird? So uh, it only took about 64 years for humans to wipe the dodo birds off the face of the planet. Um yeah, we, we murked the dodo birds. We gave them a full-on magdum. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the close-up cam. Sure. Check this out, everybody. The new and improved close-up cam. Oh, you improved it. This is uh, what is widely accepted to be the dodo bird. This is a dodo bird skeleton and a recreation of what the dodo bird looks like. You know what I found interesting? Mm. There's not a lot of samples of dodo birds. In fact, I think they have one severed head of a dodo bird in a museum in okay. Europe, and this is the only soft tissue sample we have on the planet Earth of the dodo bird. Um, let me go to this next picture. Keep it here. This next one's pretty cool. Check this out. This is a picture of where are we going? Dutch sailors hunting the dodo bird. Uh-huh. Oh, we're casting some weird shadows here. A lot of people think that the dodo bird was overhunted to extinction by humans, but that's not actually quite what happened. I guess um, in the whole time that humans occupied this island where the dodo birds lived, Mm. the population of human beings never went over 50 people. Okay. And so um, as badass as humans are, I think it would take more than 50 human beings to annihilate an entire race of birds. Instead, the extinction of the dodo bird was more caused by the destruction of their habitat. Okay. And the introduction of foreign animals to their island. You see, the dodo bird had never seen humans. You can go back to the oh, okay. wide cam if you want. The dodo bird had never seen humans and therefore had no fear of humans. Um, but I guess it had no fear of all the animals humans brought with it too, which were like rats and I think they brought some pigeons. And I, I even read somewhere that they introduced a new type of crab to the island. Hell yeah. All of these invasive species destroyed the dodo bird habitat Um, introduced predators to the habitat, and then they were also hunted by humans. So we basically fucked them up every which way you can, um, 10 ways to Sunday. And within 64 years, the dodo bird was annihilated. It lived on in um, infamy because it was featured in the story Alice in Wonderland. Okay. And I think it captured people's imaginations so much that the dodo bird became famous As a symbol, and icon for extinction. And so I wanted to start today's episode with a little recap on the dodo bird. Sure. Not the craziest animal that has ever lived, but um, it's pretty much number one on most famous animals that are no longer on this earth. Well, second to dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. It's our number one modern extinct animal. By the way, tons of animals are going to extinct, uh, going extinct in the modern age, like left yeah. and right. It's almost an epidemic.
1: Pandas, um, great white sharks. Yeah. Uh, a lot, yeah. In fact, I
0: saw a chart that said uh, like 70% of the world's animals or like 65% of the world's animals are livestock, mostly cattle and pigs. Uh, 30% of the world's animals are human beings. And then only 4% of the world's animals are wildlife. So we've really uh, done a number on this planet.
1: I assume the the livestock is so high just because we breed them way Uh, more. Yeah. 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 And
0: we kill everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And we kill those too. and we eat them. Uh, Well, I started, but why don't you take the reins here? Sure. uh, Because this was your episode idea. And why don't you show us something that's truly
1: unbelievable? I got something weird for you. Okay. So I found uh, in doing my research, this shark called the helicoprion. Nice. Uh, I apologize beforehand. A lot of these um, scientific terms for animals, I have such a hard time saying. Um, but I kind of wrote out phonetically, like I wrote out here, like helicoprion. I saw that. <laughs> yeah,
0: very professional. Um,
1: this shark existed about twenty-eight million years ago, and uh, eventually went extinct during the early Triassic period.
0: I don't know anything about Triassic, Jurassic, periods. I don't or either. Periods. <laughs> So we'll just say a long time
1: ago. Long, long time ago. Anything
0: more than a million years ago is just all the same to me. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned.
1: I appreciate scientists that know the difference. Uh, In doing my research, I, I just realized how fucking cool paleontology is. And I was like, I wish I was smart enough to kind of dive into this world. You could be. Uh, I realized how cool paleontology was as well. Um, But here, here's a... I'm gonna try All to right, test we're going to go new to the close-up, close-up camera cam here. here. Check
0: this out. Look how good that is. <laughs> what are we looking at here?
1: This is a fossil that was discovered in Russia, um, and it confused scientists a bunch because uh, people assumed it was a shelled uh, ammonite. Have you ever heard of the shelled ammonite? No. I wish I had a photo of it. It's kind of like a giant squid that was in a shell like this. Okay. Um, here, I can cut back. So scientists found that fossil and they didn't really understand what it was. They thought it was a shelled ammonite. Mm-hmm. And then in doing more research, they realized that, oh, let me cut back to it. This was teeth. What? Yeah. So they, they kind of put two and two together and they realized that this, those were shark teeth. Okay. And it confused the ever-living hell out of the scientists. Um, so they had to kind of figure out piece together what this shark would look like. Yeah, um, I don't
0: understand. This is like a it, row, uh, a spiral. It's circular, yeah. It's a, what are these? A spiral row of teeth. So here was the first, what does re- your mouth even look like? <laughs> so this is the first rendition. Your, of so- Your mouth has got to look like a vacuum butthole that just sucks everything up in the middle and then eats it from the outside <laughs> in.
1: I think you'll start to realize what this is. As I show you pictures, um, this is kind of the first here. I'll hand you a photo here. If you want to light it up. This, what the fuck? This is the first rendition that scientists decide. Man, they, yo, scientists are stupid. Yeah, they were like, maybe it was like this. Um, yo, you're dumb. <laughs> so that was kind of the agreed upon uh, thing for a while. And this was like early, really early. I wish how, I.
0: How the fuck are these scientists thinking <laughs> you can eat with a mouth like this?
1: Yeah, for real. Well, wait till you see uh how they actually figured out. But, well, um, I still think. Um. Booty mouth. Booty mouth. You know, black hole full of <laughs> teeth. Um, but yeah, the, the Helicoprion was a predator whose teeth did not shed, but instead grew into a wheel-like pattern. Okay. Um, Sometimes scientists have dubbed the this creature the buzzsaw killer.
0: Well, what did it really look like? Do we know?
1: Yes. Um, like I said, there's been some debate. But over the years, scientists have kind of tried to... Well, okay, here's the second rendition. You want to see the second rendition? Yeah. We're getting a little weirder here. But some thought Shut this. Shut the fuck up. Some thought that. Sorry, these pictures printed out very strangely. Yeah, they're not censored, but um, that's okay. But yeah, some thought they, there's been a lot of debate over whether it goes up, it goes down, or if it curves like that. Um, and it's hard for these scientists, because all they have is that fossil, and they kind of have to use, like, a lot of what we see with modern sharks to kind of decipher. Yeah but here is a more, this is kind of the agreed upon current version of the shark. Um, I'm sure this one will make sense. This one will fuck your day up. What? So scientists believe that in its mouth, it has a cavity where it, uh, it it's like a bus saw. It goes, it's circular in their mouth and that's how it would uh eat its prey. <laughs> you know what?
0: I yeah. think I think scientists are uh are dumb. crock of shit. <laughs> I think science sucks. These guys don't know what they're
1: just guessing. They're doing guess and check for real. I mean, that's what you kind of that's all you can really do with these old fossils is kind of guess and check. But there's no way to check it. They're just making it up and be like, "Yeah, that looks the coolest." Yeah. Uh in my research later down the line, uh I definitely have some stuff where it's like people thought an animal was a certain way for like a hundred years yeah and then they realized it was wrong <laughs> um so, well yeah
0: i to that note um i saw a video recently that suggested that perhaps our idea of the tyrannosaurus rex's arms are wrong have you oh, heard of this no so you know that famously the t-rex has tiny arms mm-hmm. and there's the joke like what can this t-rex do you ever yeah. seen the image of the t-rex trying to shoot the sniper rifle? Right yeah 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 that's awesome well, this person was arguing that the T-Rex arms do look stupid if they're pointed forward, but if you turned them and reversed them like this, they look very similar to ostrich wings, Yeah, featherless ostrich wings. And we kind of know that dinosaurs evolved into birds, that modern day birds are the descendants of dinosaurs. percent. So it might make sense that the T-Rex arms are actually facing the wrong way. That when paleontologists discovered the bones in the 1800s they didn't know what they were looking at and they just said like well a human arm would go like this not thinking that a bird arm would be flipped around backwards and that the t-rex might actually have feathered wings i was about
1: to say i, I could see in the future us learning that the t-rex was just a giant flightless bird yeah that would be fucking awesome
0: well it pretty much is mm. um that was cool that was awesome Hell yeah well may i take us out of the ocean and yeah. bring us back onto the terrestrial plane you got it Okay, I want to talk about an animal that has been long dead and thank goodness because you <laughs> wouldn't know what the fuck to do if you ever came across a glyptodon. Go to the close-up camera. This, oh. ladies and gentlemen and everybody watching at home, let me see if I can frame this up for you here, is I like the slow pan. The glyptodon. Um the name is Greek for grooved or carved tooth.
1: Carved tooth.
0: Yo, look at old carved tooth coming down the road. I
1: don't want to give that. I don't want to say any silly names to that guy. He's going to chomp my fucking arm off. Yeah. Carved tooth here. The
0: glyptodon is an extinct, heavily armored mammal, which is considered. Yeah, that's a mammal. <laughs> it's considered to be an ancient relative of the armadillo. Yeah. This thing was roughly the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. A vo- This is a car. You could get inside of it, drive it around. <laughs> You know, the, if anybody killed the glyptodon, they could just live inside of it. Like a they have like, like a dome, a, a beach bum living yeah. in your beetle <laughs> oh. uh, on the ocean.
1: Oh yeah, they have a little flower inside of it.
0: Yeah, uh, they, as you can see from oh, the picture, sorry. we you know, as you can see from the picture, they had a rounded, bony shell, uh, with squat limbs, and it kind of looked like a giant turtle. Yeah, but um, paleontologists, anthropologists, scientists say that this is just an example of a phenomenon where two completely unrelated lineages of animals take a similar form. Uh, the glyptodon, was said to be between 1700 and 1900 pounds. So this is a two ton bug you're looking at here.
1: I wonder if it could like roll into a ball and crush you. Uh, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. We I don't mean, know. Big enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the glyptodon, um, was said to have lived in north america so right here in your own backyard when you're driving down the highway heading to walmart just think about 500,000 years ago you were probably on the same trail as the glyptodon hell yeah let me keep it going sure um you know i found that all kinds of things have gone extinct some of them you care more uh and some of them you care about less this, yeah this next one actually bummed me out this is an extinct breed of dog oh no this is known as the Indian uh the Hare Indian dog. Okay. This is an extinct domesticated canine um, that comes uh from originally from northern Canada and was bred by the Hare Indian tribe to be used in hunting. Wow. You can see that this uh dog has like a distinctive almost zebra stripe pattern yeah. on its fur. And it has this cute little stubby face. Yeah. Uh, The Hare Indian dog was a domesticated form of Northern coyote uh, Mm. that was mixed with other dogs. Um, But as time went on, I found out that there's hundreds of breeds of dogs that are extinct, which is really sad. And some of them went extinct so recently that we have like photos and videos of them. (sighs) But you just can't get them anymore. And it usually just comes down to the fact that people, uh, the dogs are not popular. And so breeders stop breeding them and they go away. That's heinous. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of what happened with the Hare Indian dog. It was used for hunting. But as time went on, they didn't need it to help with the hunting. And their hunting methods changed. So they just stopped breeding and taking care of the dog. And eventually it disappeared from our planet. Uh, I have more, but why don't you take over?
1: Okay. I do have a, an animal that existed around the same time as you, that armadillo you showed. Um, this is called the Terror Bird. Retake. Uh, this is called the Terror Bird. I feel like I had marbles in my mouth for there for a second. Um, all right, I'm going I'm to go slow on the scientific name here. Uh, for us, Rosh, Roshaday. <laughs> Uh, for us, Roshidae. For, uh, for us, yeah. For us, Roshidae. <laughs> um, This is an extinct Roshide. clad of large carnivorous flightless birds, similar to like we were talking with the T-Rex. Um, this is one of the lar- largest species of apex predators in South America during the Cenozoic era. So, No I, idea when that was. I think that was right after the dinosaurs. Um, it was over a million years
0: ago. I don't care.
1: So, Sometime this is where for me it kind of got very like i felt like i was doing a research paper because i just kept finding this so interesting um i'll start showing photos in a second here um about 145 million years ago when south america started to dislocate from africa Mm -hmm. um they were kind of connected there's like a name for it i didn't write it down pangea yeah well everything together was pangea but then like as they started breaking away it became like different things oh okay um Oh, so, uh, yes. Anyway, so South America dislocated from Africa. And since South America became isolated as an island continent, uh, the terror bird was able to rise as the apex predator after the extinction of the dinosaurs. Because um, these fools were built to kill. So this is kind of a species breakdown here. The one I'm talking about, uh, it should be like this one,
0: I think. The second biggest one? Yeah. Second from the bottom.
1: Um, It's big. Yeah, they're they're like the, the largest one, Titanus, is like 10 feet tall. Wow. Um These
0: things look like Velociraptors. Yeah.
1: I think they're kind of a relative of, of the Velociraptor.
0: Look at his little arms. Oh, they actually point forward. Ooh, Ooh. maybe the T-Rex arms do point forward.
1: Mm. Hey, it was just a video I saw. It's not my theory. <laughs> um so yeah. I'll g- kind of get into a description here. Uh they had huge beaks with razor-sharp hooks at the end. Um, and they would slam their heads into the prey, into their prey, to stab them. Um, so imagine a, a giant bird coming up and just slamming its head into you. And you're like, wow,
0: oh. Jesus. Ooh. Yeah, beats you like a horse,
1: uh, <laughs> head-puts you to death. Uh, their beaks were strong enough to crush bone as well. Nice. Um, some scientists believe they would use their feet a lot as well, um, just breaking bones apart with their claws um, or picking up their prey and slamming them into the ground. Uh, apparently the live, the, the most recent living relative of the terror bird, the Seri Emos from South America still does that to this day. So they're able to surmise that like, Oh, this relative still kind of kills in the same way, uh, which is extremely terrifying to me. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah. you know, like a uh, little mini terror bird. It's like in tremors too, when they had smaller tremors that were just as evil, but newer and more modern. Oh, you're familiar with the Tremors movie series, right?
1: No, i never seen Tremors. you never seen Tremors? I've never saw Tremors.
0: Kevin Bacon hunting I- giant worms in the desert?
1: That sounds awesome. Tremors is amazing. I know the actor just died from, from those movies, I think. I forget his name. Oh, the worms got him. Dude, I have a worm for you later. Okay. Uh, anyway, so I learned that these animals made their way to America. Uh, I didn't know about this. I probably should have learned this in school, but I didn't pay attention. Um, About 5 million years ago, when the Isthmus of Panama formed, which is uh, connecting South America to North America, the little kind of island formation, um, the terror bird was able to migrate to America. Scientists believe that the connecting of these two continents caused the largest exchange of animal life ever. Um, Known today as the Great American Biotic Interchange, which I think is how... Yeah. Your guy Scient-
0: got Scientists have a knack for naming stuff. Stupid. Yeah. They just make it sound so fascinating. <laughs> the great biotic animal interchange.
1: <laughs> they should have just called it like the great flip, the great animal flop, flip flop.
0: I would have called it the fauna fuck fest.
1: Fauna fuck fest. There we yeah, go. The triple F. The triple F.
0: <laughs> I would have called it the. Uh, We'd have one of those now. The great animal bangout. Dude. That's what I would have called it.
1: The G A B O. <laughs> The Gabo, the Gabo. That sounds like a like a music festival. Yeah, uh. But one species of terror bird that made it to North America was Titanus, which on here is the the, the big one. The big one. I have a, another photo of Titanus in relation to humans.
0: Wow! Ooh. Look at that.
1: That motherfucker would fuck your day up.
0: I like the face on Titanus. It's very cartoony.
1: Yeah, me too. I, this is kind of why I wanted to cover it, because it's so silly looking, but so evil at the same time. Um, so yeah, Titanus made its way to America. They're about 10 feet tall. Um, but it wasn't easy for the terror bird. Uh, This is the first time the species had any competition. Um, usually they just had to fight those sloths, or those uh, armadillos, and, there, and some type of like version of the sloth. Um, but in America, there were saber-toothed cats, um, modern, uh, uh, ancestors of the modern wolf, um, which those two animals gave it kind of a run for its money. Cause they're like extremely fast and able to kind of get around its beak. Um, then around 2 million years ago, during the ice age, the terror bird sadly went extinct. Um, only a few fossils of these creatures exist. One being from Texas and the other being from Florida. So I just thought it was very interesting that this animal was able to make its way from South America to Texas. Um, I wish I could have been there way back
0: then, before the terror birds went extinct, to see the awesome battles between the herd of terror birds and the pack of wolves in ancient North America circling each other up. The terror birds are trying to headbutt the the wolves, ah, latching at them with that claw beak. The wolves, (laughs) calling in their backup (laughs) circle the terror birds engage engage i kind of think it's like uh the sharks versus the the uh the cats in west side story it's the sharks versus the t-birds yeah exactly from greece yeah
1: uh something yeah it's the guys (laughs)
0: from greece versus the guys from west side story that's the
1: terror birds versus the wolves well, the guys on Greece, even though they're both they're both of them are in high school, they got like twenty years on the on the 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 guys from West Side yeah. Story.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I got something that could uh, give the terror birds a run for their money. Shit. Mind. Yeah, because the thing I'm about to show you had no known predators, which means if this was on the same land as a terror bird, this thing probably hunted the terror birds. Okay. Uh, I would like to introduce you to a little critter known as Arthropleora, A.K.A. Go to the close-up camera. Jointed ribs. That's a long bug. The largest invertebrate of the largest land invertebrate of all time. This, what you're looking at here, is a genus of extinct millipede anthropod. Oh, God. This lived in North America and Europe. This thing was an eight-foot-long millipede would live in the forests. You know, I'm going to say the jungles of North America and Europe. And this thing was an apex predator itself. It had no known predators, which means nothing killed this thing. This thing did the killing. There are so many photos uh, and illustrations online of this people have recreated this to scale yeah. with statues out in the forests. So like you that can go to a natural history museum and you just see like a giant millipede that's like hanging over a man. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. This bug is to me like represents in my mind, what I think of when I imagine like dinosaur times, like, yeah, 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 there were dinosaurs, but there were also giant eight foot long centipedes and millipedes, uh, and massive bugs. There's oh, a theory. I like it. You know, so when I was researching this, let's go back to the close up sure. cam. I think this is such a good photo of this thing. This is a computer generated rendition of it. So there were some that made this thing look more frightening, like it would coil up and like attack you. Yeah. Close ups of its slobbering mouth. But I like this picture because it just looks like a bug. Yeah. Just that joy. I look like I could I could stomp that fucker out. This thing had no known predators. This oh, thing. Fuck. This thing was eight feet long. Oh dude. my you god. You imagine trying to step on an eight foot Hey Johnny, imagine trying to step on an eight foot long snake.
1: Yeah. No. What's gonna
0: happen? You just stomp it out. Now imagine that snake <laughs> is armor plated and two feet wide. It has a hundred legs.
1: Yeah. No. You'd be fucking dead. Imagine any you'd of that. You'd be fucking dead. Oh, it has so many legs. I hate it. Why? Okay. So this bug
0: evolved, and its descendants are still on the planet today. Yeah. We can go to the main camp, but they're two inches long. They're two inches. They went hey, what from, happened? They went from eight feet down so you could hold them in the palm of your hand crush them with a shoe. Yeah, hell yeah. What happened? Yeah, that's how we like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, this is due to the Earth's atmosphere, and I was Thank reading you. that there was a different level of oxygen pressure in our atmosphere. Okay. I don't know how it works. I'm not a scientist, but I guess it has to do with the gases that we breathe in affect the size that our bodies will grow to. And as the earth over millions of years cooled down and the composition of the atmosphere changed, the animals adapted to be smaller,
1: much smaller. This makes sense to me because imagine being that big and it being hard to kind of like function. your ancestors that were smaller and able to kind of breathe in the atmosphere would flourish more, and then through time, they would just get smaller and smaller.
0: Yes. There's another theory that the big animals had to travel farther to find their food, but Mm. as time went on and the animals uh, kind of settled into their habitats where the food was readily available, they no longer had to travel for food, and their evolution started focusing on camouflaging and just staying in the area that you're currently in. Okay. And so being smaller and harder to find and easier to hide became an asset. Um so all of these things combined to shrink these animals down. But I kind of miss the idea of a world where a millipede could grow oh. to the size of 8 feet <laughs> because there's special gas in the air that makes everything Jigermantis. Yes, that's a word I just made up. I want to be Jigermantis someday. How big would I be if I breathed okay. that atmosphere? I feel you. I'd probably be like 50 feet tall.
1: We just scaled everything up and they were still
0: small to us. I'm down. Hey, <laughs> maybe giants were real. Maybe there were some pre-humans back then breathing this giant gas. If the yeah. millipedes were eight feet long, how big were the proto-humans? I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> Speaking of giant animals, I'm going to keep it going. Mm. We're going to keep it on me and I'm going to go straight to this next one. Uh, The dino yeah, I'm gonna say it again. The dinosuccus, which um,
1: translates into the Dino. sucked. Terrible crocodile. Oh, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I, I kind of read a little bit about this guy. Look at this motherfucker right here.
0: That's a dinosuccus eating a Brontosaurus. <laughs> <In> <laughs> That's case fucking you scary. The Dinosucus is an extinct genus of. I love
1: this word. Alligatoroid crocodilian. <laughs> Alligatoroid crocodilian. I wish I I pulled it for you, but I literally found a '90s playing card about this animal. Really? Yeah, like there was a you know extinct animal playing trading card game. Nice. And they, they made this thing look like a magic card.
0: Well, the dinosuchus lived about 75 million years ago and was related to our modern alligator. Oh. The first remains of the dinosuchus, I'm always proud when it comes from our backyard. The first remains of the dinosuchus were discovered in the United States, specifically North Carolina in the 1850s. Now, I love imagining a time. It's the Wild West. Yeah, electricity is available, but there's some places where it's not widely available. Um, we don't have modern medicine, you know, just I, I just like setting it wild west times. Mm. Right. And you're a paleontologist and you are just digging, And for the first time in human history, you discover a giant crocodile skull, you know, the size of a of a Wells Fargo wagon. <laughs> What do you make out of that? What do you think of the world that you uh, live in when you're the first person to discover this thing and you're just like some prospector looking for gold?
1: I think I would literally think that I dug up uh, the skull of a demon. Yeah, or a dragon
0: or something. <laughs>
1: um
0: we don't have a lot of bones for the dinosaurus. Um but they did find a couple of skulls and were able to do a recreation of what the animal looked like and calculated its size mm. uh, to be huge. So the Dinosuckus is an American classic. American classic. Yes. And when you see a modern alligator down there in Florida, just um, consider yourself lucky that you weren't down there seventy-five million years ago when they were eating brontosauruses off the edge of the
1: river for a snack. Did you, ever, did you ever see that footage of the guy golfing and he gets into a fight with an alligator? No, that's a good time. Maybe I'll put that in here. <laughs> yeah. What happens in the video? <laughs> he just starts biting his arm. No. He, let, he tries to shoo him away and it just bites him. He's like, get the fuck the out! The alligator bites yeah, the golfer. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. that's what you don't want.
1: All right, what do you got for us? Okay. This might be my, the favorite thing that I've discovered. Did you know worms used to be able to walk? Uh, No. Imagine a, imagine a walking worm. Disney. Yeah, I can't. I don't,
0: does he like bounce like on a pogo stick? I don't get it.
1: So that's the thing. Scientists have been debating about this for a long time. Here, I'll kind of give you a, a more modern image of the walking worm. What the fuck? So here you go. The walking worm also known as hallucinogenia because the scientists who discovered it thought it looked like it came from a dream. Hallucinogenia. Um, so, yeah, scientists. They have were st- tripping on some good stuff when they came up with this worm. Yeah, dude, for real. I bet. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Scientists have studied the thumb sized worm for about 50 years now. Um, and then it's the size of a thumb. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of small, but it, it walked around. I think maybe uh, in the ocean, too, okay, judging from this. so it swam around. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, there's a, I don't know if you could see it in the picture, but.
1: Like weird. There's like
0: another one swimming up here. Yeah.
1: In the shadows of these jellyfish whales. <laughs> Dude, jellyfish whales sound scary, too. Um, so, yeah, they've been, scientists have been studying these animals for about 50 years, and they just only recently discovered which side of it is the head. Yep. Oh, no, they were looking at its ass yeah. for 50 years. <laughs> so uh, in 1977, there's a British paleontologist named Simon Conway Morris. He came across uh, scientists have discovered a fossil and they kind of were like whatever about it. They didn't really want to uh, dig too deep into it. And they kind of figured out a couple things. I have the fossil here. Um, this is the fossil for the, the walking worm. Uh they they discovered this fossil but it it wasn't until the 70s where Simon Conway Morris um decided that this was all wrong what everyone had kind of surmised about this um this fossil also was discovered in the Canadian Rockies about 66 years before 1977 um, so yeah people found this and they 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 kind of didn't know which was which side was ahead or not but it wasn't until Conway uh, decided to dig deeper into this fossil where he realized that, see those little like pointed areas? He realized that there were like V-shapes and not just like people thought they were just like a single stick. Okay. But he was able to dig deeper into the fossil and realized that they were like V-shaped, which came, uh, which caused him to assume that that was the legs of the creature so they assumed he kind of walked like this and they were like this is the head and it walked on these little stilts and then this is like i don't know it's ass or something
0: okay it's eyeball
1: It's yeah. nose <laughs> um so yeah for a while modern scientists were like yep that's it it walks on stilts it's a little scary walking worm until scientists did even more research mm. and they realized that they were wrong for about 40 years (laughs) and what they realized here i'm going to try to i I watched a video about this and the guy was just like this is what we realized he he had this photo i'm going to try to line up here he's like what we realized was this we had it upside down (laughs) so for yeah about 40 years scientists uh, believed or had this all wrong They didn't realize that the worm was actually the other way and it wasn't walking on the stilts. Those were kind of a protecting agent, like something to avoid predators. Um, But then since they realized that it is that way, they were able to figure out where the head is. They're able to make a scientific 3d model, which I have of it. And this is the most uh, correct perception of the walking worm here. I'll show it to you real quick. Um, all right. Look at this. People, this is, people think that this oh, is what it what? was oh, like. It's kind of cute, actually. Right? It looks like a Pokemon. I like them. I like the walking worm.
0: Mm, they say this thing is the size of a thumb, but that yeah. looks like it could be the size of a building.
1: Yeah. I, I just I just realized that as well. I thought it was way bigger. Um, so that's pretty much about it, about the, the walking worm, a.k.a. the Housigenia. Um, I love it. I wish it still existed. Um, take it away, Dirk.
0: (laughs) It's crazy like, um, that we can have a worm that walks, but it's the size of a thumb. And yet we have a centipede that is eight feet long. Uh, it makes no sense. Some things are big. Some things are small. Uh, well, thank you for sharing about the hallucinogenia. It does kind of move in a dreamlike state. Okay. Everything we've done so far has basically been a warm up. So, oh, thank you for the preamble. The rest of the show is going to be dedicated to... One long story. Uh, and then ne- the next animal I want to talk about is going to take us on a journey. Okay. Okay. I have some like fake animals at the end too. We want to. Great. So, um, I want to talk about something called, boy, your stomach is rumbling loud. Are you all right over there? I don't think anyone could hear it until you pay like, uh, attention to it. Go back in the tape. Uh, there's at least three rumbles in this episode. <laughs> they, they turn up your bass. You can definitely hear it. <laughs> Uh, we need we need to get you some uh Pepto in a second. Oh, I'm just hungry. Oh, okay, good. Well, I want to talk about uh something called Gigantopithecus. Okay, Gigantopithecus. Gigantopithecus is an ancient giant ape, and we know that Gigantopithecus. Uh, exists because in 1935 they discovered two or three molar teeth. Okay. And to this day, all we have ever discovered of Gigantopithecus are a few teeth. In fact, I think that um, in total there are four mandible um samples and those are the only currently known uh examples of the existence of gigantopithecus but these teeth are so big they're like the size of quarters and just based on the size of these teeth um these molars are the largest known for any ape that has ever existed in the history of the world and just based on the size of these teeth, they've calculated the size of the animal, how big you would have to be to have teeth like this. Uh, and they say that Gigantopithecus was an ape that was over eight feet tall and weighed almost a thousand pounds. Um, they It kind of looks like an orangutan. And I have a reconstruction here of what Gigantopithecus may have looked like. Whoa. Compared standing next to...
1: You're a typical human man. <laughs> that guy looks so bored. Yeah. To be standing next to that thing. So that's just a guy chilling, and he yeah, comes up chilling. to
0: about the belly button of Gigantopithecus. Uh, and there it is right there. That thing's looking rad. <laughs> um, so we know that this thing exists. Uh, I think in total they have found about a 1,000 teeth in addition to the four mandibles. Okay. What happened to all the other bones from Gigantopithecus? It says that other skeletal elements, scientists have concluded, were likely consumed by porcupines before they could fossilize. Okay. So all these great apes died a long time ago, and then ancient porcupines came and ate all their bones, and the only thing that was left by the porcupines was the teeth and literally four jaws.
1: Uh, do porcupines still eat bone? I
0: don't know. I didn't know that porcupines consumed bones. That's, yeah, me
1: too. That's kind of scary. I guess it makes sense for their quills. I, I don't know. I'm just talking on my ass. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now I want to take you on a journey. A sto- I want to tell you a story. Okay.
1: I'm ready. In
0: 1953, um, there was a successful expedition for the first time ever to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Okay. That happened for the first time yeah. in 1953. Seven years later, in 1960, um, uh, a zoologist named Vladimir Chernesky received some photos from two of the mountaineers who had gone on that journey To the top of Mount Everest. Okay. Their names were Michael Phelps Ward and Eric Earl Shipton. Michael Phelps Ward was an English surgeon and he was the expedition doctor on that 1953 first ascent of Mount Everest. And Eric Earl Shipton was an English Himalayan mountaineer who was about 20 years older than Michael and was also helping on the expedition. They had said that two years before the trip to the top of Mount Everest on a separate mountaineering trip in the Himalayas, they came across a set of footprints in the snow. Okay, And they photographed them. And they sent them to this zoologist named Vladimir Chernetsky. And in 1960... He took these footprints and he wrote an article about them in nature magazine, which is a serious scientific magazine. Mm. And it was basically asking what animal made these footprints in the snow. Nobody could say, okay. Scientists could not say what animal made those footprints in the snow. And after analyzing those footprints, Chernetsky concluded that it must have been left by an animal similar to Gigantothopagus. And this in 1960 was the basis for the idea that there might be an ancient giant ape, a race of them living in the Himalayas. Oh. These later came to be known as Yetis. I was just about to say. This came to be known to the world as Yetis. This report in 1960 spurred a lot of scientific attention for a little while. Yeah. And several other authors and scientists published articles in Nature and Science magazine um, as they investigated what the source of these footprints could have be, could could have been. Uh, And this also kind of inspired just your average people all around the world, and especially in America, to get interested in the idea of cryptozoology. There might be animals or monsters or whatever that are out there that we don't know about that science has yet to discover. And this monster hunting craze kind of exploded in the 60s about the Yeti in the Himalayas and these stories of ape-like men. Here in America that we had kind of anecdotally heard about, Mm. um, it could have been Bigfoot. Yeah. And they think like this might be real. A lot of people didn't believe this, kind of blew it off. But there was one scientist who dedicated attention to it. And I think you're going to talk about this guy later on in this episode. Oh. A scientist
1: named Grover Krantz. No, I don't have Grover Krantz. Somebody else. I've Dougal Dixon. Is that what you're talking about?
0: Okay, never mind. Okay. I know you're going to talk about evolution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, evolution yeah. of man. Yeah, yeah. Grover Krantz was really into that as okay. well. Okay. All right. Well, then they might be contemporaries of each other. Um, Grover Krantz was a professor at the University of Washington, where he taught from 1968 to 1998. So okay. he taught, he taught for 30 years. Um, just to give you some background on Grover Krantz. He was uh, an anthropologist, and he was a popular professor at the school, but he was known for giving ridiculously hard tests. But despite this, students liked him. He would often sit with students at lunch and discuss anthropology, unified field theory, physics, military history, and current events. So he was an intelligent guy who was like buddy-buddy
1: with the students. He kind of sounds like Indiana Jones when he's a teacher.
0: Kranz, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Um, Kranz's specialty as an anthropologist included all aspects of human evolution. Um, he had written some influential papers uh, about the evolution of um, primates mm. and had done extensive research into Homo erectus. Okay. and was one of the leading American anthropologists just about like human evolution, primate evolution, and things of that sorts. Okay, so um, as this Bigfoot craze was sweeping across America, uh, Kranz was one of the only actual scientists to look into it. And okay. he was very um, skeptical at first at, at the existence of Bigfoot. Frankly, mm. he didn't believe it. But as he started to investigate it more, his opinion changed, and by the end of his career, he was convinced that Bigfoot, or as he coined the term, Sasquatch, oh. was real. Do you know um, where that term comes from, or is it just... Yeah, okay? France cool. came up with that term Sasquatch, uh-huh. and it is an Anglicization, an uh, English version of the halkomelon word meaning wild man which is the uh language of the native people of british columbia okay sasquatch in 1985 um grover Krantz tried to formally have the bigfoot named by the international society of cryptozoology and and the international commission of zoological nomenclature uh, he wanted to have it recognized as a real animal, yeah, under the name uh, Gigant uh, Gigantopithecus Blackie, uh, cousin of the Gigantopithecus that was already accepted. Okay. In his mind, he believed that the Bigfoot sightings were due to small pockets of surviving Gigantopithecus uh, that had. Um, Progenated a population in the Americas after having migrated across the Bering Land Bridge into North America out of Africa, which is the same way humans were theorized to come to America themselves. Mm -hmm. He thinks that the Gigantopithecus um, predates humans in their migration to North America. Gigantopithecus, by the way, is accepted by all scientists to have lived alongside human beings, um, though it is thought that they went extinct about a hundred thousand years ago in Eastern Asia. So he says that they survived, a small pocket of them survived the extinction in Eastern Asia, made their way across the Bering Strait into America, where they survived to this day. He presented this to the International Commission of Zoological Nomenclature, but they rejected his theory because they said that he was lacking a proper holotype. What is a holotype you're asking? A holotype is an example of an animal okay. that you need to present to the zoological society for them to give the animal a name. An example of a holotype if you have discovered a new type of butterfly, you will bring in a butterfly pinned to a board yeah. and give that to the museum and they will keep that on their records. This is the butterfly. Oh, But you don't need to have a perfect specimen. A lot of times dinosaurs are classified and named um, off of like a leg bone fossil. Ooh. They'll just find one leg bone. Gigantopithecus. They have like four teeth. Yeah. And that is the holotype. Mm. They said that uh, Grover Krantz failed to present a proper holotype. Mm. He disagrees. He says he did present a proper holotype. What was the holotype? I'll tell you. I have some Um, guesses. Yeah. After years of skepticism, first of all, uh, Grover Krantz once looked at that famous video of Bigfoot walking through the woods, the 1968 video. He said it looked like a fake to him. Mm. He's like, it looks like a a gorilla, somebody wearing a gorilla suit to me. Yeah, 100%. And after years of skepticism, he finally became uh, convinced that Bigfoot was real after he was presented with something called the Cripplefoot plaster cast. About that, you have yeah. The cripplefoot plaster cast is a cast of a footprint that was left in the snow in Bossburg, Washington, and it was taken in December of 1969. I have a picture of a replica of the cripplefoot cast right here. Ooh, there we go. That is the footprint with um, an outline of what scientists say the bone structure would okay. look like. Inside, this isn't the actual cast. This no. thing has actually become so famous that they sell replicants, replications of yeah. it on eBay. I've seen those, yeah. Uh, and this is a uh, uh, eBay replication. Okay. Okay, the Cripplefoot tracks were left in the snow, and what is interesting about these is they show, uh, they've been identified to show um, some sort of primate that has clubfoot. This has been identified, if if we can go back to it. Sure. This, the animal that left this was suffering from clubfoot. Dr. Krantz took this sample to one of the leading primatologists in the world, a man named John Russell Napier, who was considered to be the leading authority on primate taxonomy when he was alive. And Dr. Napier concluded that this footprint was made by something, quote, it was left not from some dead object with ridges on it, but it comes from a living object able to spread its toes. This is the leading um, professor of primate uh, what was it? Primate taxonomy said okay. that this footprint appears to have been left by a living animal that is able to spread its toes. But not only that, the footprint appeared to have fingerprints in it. Oh. And Dr. Krantz sent samples of these fingerprints to both the FBI and Scotland Yard. Okay. The FBI ignored him. no but Scotland Yard investigated uh, the footprints, the fingerprints, and concluded that they were probably real. Quote, probably. Scotland Yard said, these are probably real. That's hilarious. They could be fake, but they're probably real. Based on uh, Dr. John Napier's analysis of the footprint being left by a living animal The diagnosis that this is an ape that suffers from clubfoot. The endorsement by Scotland Yard saying the prints that are recorded in this casting are probably real. Dr. Krantz was convinced that this footprint was left by an actual animal. Let's go. He constructed a biomechanical model of the cripplefoot cast and calculated... By a process of calculating the distance, the leverage, the weight dynamics, the distribution, and comparing the data of the track's heel, ankle, and toe base, Krantz concluded that the footprint had been left by an animal that was eight feet tall and weighed roughly 800 pounds. Dr. Krantz also said that if this casting was a hoax, that the person who created it would require extensive knowledge of both human and primate anatomy due to the fact that this casting shows an animal that is missing an opposable thumb and is missing the related muscle and bone structures that would accompany an opposable thumb. So basically, they're like, he said, only an expert would know that if you had a non-opposable thumb, the hand would be constructed or the foot would be constructed in such a way as this print. So he's like, if this is a hoax, you're a fucking expert (laughs) on primate anatomy. So he's saying he's the one who could have faked it? He could have faked it, Mm. but he didn't because uh, we know where the print came from. There's an actual, uh, I think a farmer collected the printing. Um, This is what Grover Krantz presented as his holotype. Mm. It was the cripple foot casting. Uh, the International Zoological Society rejected him and kind of said, This is bullshit, and you have accepted false evidence into your claim.
1: It would have been crazy if they accepted it, because then it would just been like fact that Bigfoot existed or exists.
0: They rejected his holotype, but they could not refute his studies. Yeah. They could not um say that uh, John Napier was wrong in his hmm. analysis that this was left by a living thing. They couldn't say that Scotland Yard was wrong when they said the fingerprints on the plaster casting were real. They just said, we don't accept this casting as a proper holotype.
1: Understandable. They're usually accepting like spe- like specimens or bones and stuff. Uh, I think it sets a weird precedent to accept a casting Yeah. Of a a footprint.
0: Um, uh, Grover Krantz died in 2002. Oh, wow. So he is no longer with us. But Mm. while he was alive, he was the leading Bigfoot researcher Mm. in America. He is a world renowned scientist, and many of his papers are highly influential. He is very well respected in the scientific community. He believed that Bigfoot existed. A lot of people disagreed with him. Yeah. A lot of people disagreed with him, but they still respected him. Interestingly enough, uh, when Grover uh, Kant died on Valentine's Day, 2002, he passed away of pancreatic cancer. Mm. He was not on buried. Valentine's uh, Day, damn. There was no funeral, and he was not buried. Excuse me? Yes. Instead, uh, due to his own final request, his body was shipped to the University of Tennessee Anthropological Research Facility, yeah, where scientists study human decay rates to aid in forensic investigations. And they studied his body as it decayed. He was probably stoked. His skeleton in 2003, a year later, was sent to the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History and was laid to rest in a green cabinet alongside the bones of his three favorite Irish wolfhounds, Clyde, Icky, and Yahoo. Whoa. Is he still there? Uh, As per his last request, his remains were put in a museum. In 2009, Grover Krantz's skeleton was painstakingly articulated along with the skeleton of one of his dogs and included on display in the Smithsonian's Uh, Written in Bone, Forensic Files of the 17th Century Exhibition at the National Museum of Natural History. Let's go to the
1: close-up camera. Sure.
0: This is Grover Krantz, ladies and gentlemen. This is where the good doctor (laughs) is
1: today. He's got a cool skeleton. This is the guy. That's wild. You
0: are looking at Grover Krantz.
1: How do you do this? Because I want to do this.
0: This is the man... Who suggested that Bigfoot is real. By the way, yeah. when he went to the Zoological Nomenclature Society, he proposed a new name because they rejected uh, Gigantothopagus black eye mm. because that was already uh, yeah. a cousin of the original Gigantothopagus. Mm. So he changed it to uh, Gigantothopagus canadonitis, Canadianitis. which would be the Canadian version of it. I love that in my research of this guy, in my research of extinct animals, I come across a doctor who, who argued that one of these extinct animals was still alive yeah. and is Bigfoot. And then in researching that guy, I found a picture of his actual skeleton, <laughs> which I wanted to share with everybody today. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah, that is Grover Krantz. That is the story of Grover Krantz from beginning to end. Wow, Yes. What a journey. And he has made the strongest argument for the actual existence of Bigfoot and the explanation of what Bigfoot is, how Bigfoot got here. And has presented some of the most compelling evidence um, that is authenticated, right? It's it's more than just like yeah. a video and a story. He's like, here's the footprint. Here's the bone structure. Here's the fingerprint analysis. And he even says, I don't know what to make of this, but I think this footprint is real. And that's all he says. Something left this footprint. Yeah. What,
1: what is it? I love that. It's like extremely plausible. Yes. Uh. I have a final thing here, if that's all right. Yeah. Um. I I enjoyed that we kind of were in the past for a while and kind of talked about extinct animals. Uh. But I found a a paleontologist who decided to take a stab at trying to figure out what future humans would look like.
0: Yeah. Grover Krantz was into that too.
1: Yeah. So this is a, a guy named Dougal Dixon. I think he's still alive. Um. He's a Scottish. Scottish paleontologist, geologist, educator, and author regarded as the founder of speculative evolution genre. Um, so he wrote a couple books. there. I think they're mostly for children, uh, kind of exploring what he thinks future humans would look like. And these images are so striking and so strange. A couple of them have actually become memes. Uh, I just kind of wanted to show you them and kind of get your reaction, if that's cool. Let's do it. All right. Uh, here's the first one here. I don't know if, oh, if God. you can see it.
0: <laughs> what is that thing on him?
1: Yeah, so this is... Which
0: one's the human?
1: Uh, they're, they both are. You can see there's more of them right here. Uh, this is called the host parasite. These are human, humanoid creatures that evolved into parasitic beings that feed on the excess fat of this larger creature. So this guy gives off excess fat, and then these guys climb on him. To stay, like, to get their their food. <laughs> I love uh, his face. The future sucks. Yeah. Um. Here we have another one here. This this one became a meme. This image. Um. This is Homo glacia glacia fabric. Which one's the human? Oh, both of them. What? Yeah. So th- this is kind of just speculative of like you know just in general. Um. So this is wh- what I have written is mostly about this guy. I think this is more of, like, the future human. Okay. But uh, he became more ape-like in the future. And he has hooked toes that help him uh, take down his prey. You can see he's kind of putting them in, like, his hooked, hooked toes and, and fingernails. Uh, I love this image so much. Um, there's a lot of good memes of this image. Um, let's keep it rolling. This guy scares the shit out of me. What happened to its head? This is... Uh, he kind of wanted to go into more engineered evolution. Okay. So if you can see, there's a human head right here. Okay. Um, so this is a engineered pack animal. Uh, this is supposedly an evolution uh, evolved form of human that is biologically engineered when there's no longer sufficient oxygen to breathe. So they like kind of create these atmosphere, creating head nozzles and, you know, how they evolve through that. Uh, really scary, really terrifying stuff. Um, you got the these are the the hyvers. I love this little baby. I don't know if you can see the little baby. I see the baby. <laughs> uh, this is what happened to my people. The the <laughs> never mind. Um, this one I just thought was fucking scary. Like they have like mustaches.
0: <laughs> I just don't understand this.
1: Yeah, he just kind of was having fun, speculative like uh, being speculative of like human evolution and then uh this is the last one this one i just like slothman like you like their faces all right but which one are we going to become i mean we could only be one uh i personally i feel like this one makes the most sense like something with uh some type of medical like not medical but like you know future future tech yeah, everybody's overweight and gross and yeah. they just use their uh, Apple device to keep themselves alive. Yeah, That, that sounds about right. Yeah, right? Um, at the end of the day, that this is mostly just for fun and, and none of this is kind of... I wouldn't say it's based in not based in fact, but it's like more of speculative. Um, And I just wanted to show you those. I thought they were kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. That's going to be sufficient nightmare fuel
1: uh, for me tonight
0: (laughs) and, uh, and for everybody watching. And I also believe that that probably brings us to the end of today's episode. So I want to say a big thank you to everybody who joined us today. Hey, if you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and hit the notification on YouTube because we are going to be bringing new episodes to you every single Saturday and new mailbag episodes every Wednesday. Hey, Have you checked out our mailbag? Check it out. New episodes coming up every Wednesday where you, the viewer, can call us up and share your stories about all the strange and creepy stuff you've experienced out there in the world. And then Johnny and I will give you our take on it. Yeah. And sometimes we just chat and have a good time. Yeah. It's always fun. It's a nice little bite-sized off the cup episode of the Mega Strange Podcast. And while you're doing all this stuff, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Mega Strange Podcast. We will be back next week on saturday and wednesday with new episodes until then stay strange everybody bye bye good night hey everybody if you like this video be sure to click on some more videos from the mega strange podcast we have tons of hotline episodes and tons of full-length episodes that are going to keep you entertained and scared so stick around with us for a while watch some more videos (laughs)